News Talk On Demand. Interruption-free audio where you want it, when you want it. Good morning and welcome to Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. I'm Jay Thomas with me like always, Rick and Jill Van Dyvendyke. Good morning, guys. Good, Good morning. morning. Glad to be here. Nice sunny day, at least where we're uh, sitting right now, which is looks looks pretty good. It's a little cool, but, little, you know. A little bit of windy. A little windy. Yeah, a little morning, bit of that. But, uh, I noticed I could see the, you know, coming into town today, I noticed the wind was blowing pretty good. And yeah, that made, makes it look cool, but that was not too bad. You know, I'm, I'm wondering, are we kind of cool for this time of year? I'm sort of starting to think like, oh, it's March now. Don't we usually start melting pretty good right now? Yeah. No? Yes? I don't know. I some years, yes. I think we're about about normal. I mean, I look at some years, I always compare it to Gardenscape because that's when we right. have to haul everything to the prairie land here and do our big garden show. And a lot of years we don't have any snow. And then all of a sudden the weekend of Gardenscape, we get a snowstorm too. Yeah, yeah so, I know. Um, but yeah, it seems like we have quite a bit of snow compared yeah, to usual. Yeah. And I know, I know we're saying that we're up in Saskatoon. There are parts of the province, certainly down south near Swift yeah. Current that are just Nothing. Yeah, nothing. Like, I mean, it's just brown. There's yeah, not a yeah. snowdrift anywhere. Yeah. So it's sort of, you know, it's not everywhere. But yeah. where we are here, you know, some of the snowbanks are pretty deep. Well, they were just removing the snow off my street two days ago. From the whole winter. From the whole winter. Right. Yeah. Finally, it's, they got to Jill Street. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's March. So, I mean, anything could happen in March. And you could still get really a uh, blast of really cold weather, not for very long, a short time. But, I mean... And then we could be out there opening up the drains in our street the next day, you know? So yeah. it's, who knows? Well, I hope that's the case. I mean, yep. I don't know. I'm kind of, I think everybody's kind of getting you cabin know, fever now. I want to get out there it, and get going, you know? It's March. Okay. We're, what are you seeing? Are people still have their ice fishing shacks out on the lake? Oh yeah. 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 They're, they're, they're not giving up until I think it's the 15th, <laughs> 15th of March when they have to have them off, right? Oh, so, it always makes me so nervous. They're going to start sinking. It's like that. a city out there. Like there's so many shacks out there. It's unbelievable. <laughs> So, awesome. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, it's crazy. So, Okay, so I've seen some posts on social media yep. of people saying it's finally time and they're starting to do some seed planting. Yeah, a lot of seed planting is starting looking at your varieties that are requiring more than 100 days to, to grow and produce. So mm -hmm. you're looking at some of your heirloom tomato varieties, okay. um, things like celery, some of your woody herbs. Um, if you're doing any perennials, now is the time to do it. And also hot peppers. So if you want to do like ghost peppers or even some bell peppers, they have a longer germ um, germination and, and growth dates. So you need to start them now and early. And it's a good thing to sort of look at some of those unusual varieties that you might um, not find already grown as a bedding plant in your house and plant some of those varieties because a lot of times um, seeds will take up on um, plants will starters will take up a lot of room in your house yeah so you might want to be selective of the things that you plant indoors now because you're gonna have to transplant them and they aren't gonna be able to go outside till about the May long weekend and then go to a garden center and pick up some of those starters um, for for the bulk of some other things. Well, I was just going to say that's the nice thing is you know, there like I'm thinking of my house. I certainly have no room anywhere where there would be near a window yep. that I could start seeds. Like I'd have to like take my kitchen table apart or something like that and 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 do it there. And a lot um, of people do. Well, they do. Yeah, and then and then you sit on the couch and eat. Sure, whatever. <laughs> if that's if you're that hardcore, go for it. Right, that's great. But I mean, that's the nice thing is you can go gar garden centers. You can simply do a garden if you want. Starting May long weekend, planting the seeds that can go in that time, but then also picking up the starter, starter plants yeah. from all that other stuff that yeah. needs longer 
uh, has a longer growth cycle. Yeah. And, and, and you didn't get a chance to start and inside, right? And that's really important is to consider how much space you actually have as growable space or you're going to make to be growable space. You need light, yeah. um, number one, to be able to grow these plants or else they're going to stretch. So unless you're going to install some grow lights or, th- or you have some nice big south or west facing windows, only plant what's going to be successful or else you're going to be disappointed and have these long, lanky plants come spring. Right, right. And the stuff you get in the garden center always looks pretty nice. Yeah, it's it's grown for the season. Yeah, so it's yeah. it's kind of funny where we grow something in our home, even me and my kids do, and the amount of time I grow it in these little transplant starter stages and then um, and then they look all lanky and spindly by the end of the season because <laughs> we got a head start on it. And then I think about it and my turnover in a, on a plant in a bedding plant is usually two to three weeks in the greenhouse. Right. I don't want it in that size of container for that length of time. So we're planning for that and the new crops are always coming in. And t- to think that, oh, sometimes I have something in that size of container for eight to 10 weeks in my home. Oh, and, right. Yeah. You know, it's, it's getting quite root bound. It's getting quite stretched. Um, it needs to be bumped up into different sizes. So there is a little bit of a process to it. But you know what? There's, there's guard, there's Greenhouses right across Saskatchewan. Every town, every yep. next door town has a little greenhouse yep. in the farmyard or somewhere, you know, uh, people selling a little bit of plants and, and every, all the local little hardware stores you might have at the corner store, you know, at mm-hmm. the local store in the store, they always have a seed rack or some garden supplies. So, you know, support to your local businesses. And if you're far away from anything, there's always things like, you know, go online. You know, like there's, uh, you the know, buy and sells even buy and sells, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. you know, there's, uh, early's farmer garden center in Saskatoon. They go across the, they basically sell seeds across the world almost. So, yeah, right. And so, um, you know, there's, and they're local. They, they, they do, they do local seeds from that are, they're hardy for Saskatchewan and proven in Saskatchewan. So, you know, another one is TNT seeds in, in Manitoba. There's another one that's proven, you know, so there's lots of places you can go if you're not close to a garden center and uh, be able to support local as well. And remember, gardening is a hobby, so it's something that you can get into. You can search out for different things. Yep. You can collect. Mm-hmm. Um, you can harvest the seeds from year to year if you want to. And part of um, part of having a hobby is seeing some f- failures and successes and learning from some failures and then changing things and tweaking things. So just because you tried something and maybe um, some of the plants damped off, well, let's learn from that and let's change it and right. let's, let's grow from it. Let's not, don't, don't give up on yourself and be like, oh, I killed something. I'm not good. I think that's one thing with gardening is we're <laughs> growing something that's living. So we, when we, when we, it dies. We just feel so disappointed in ourselves that we killed it. But that's that's part of the the process. The learning process. A learning yeah, process. Exactly. Uh, we uh, what are we what are we talk about for the rest of the show? We're going to get to a break here shortly. But what are we going to cover today? Well, one of the things I wanted to mention, if um, if we could, is uh, the classes coming up at the university. Mm, yeah. Um, okay. So on March eighth. Gardening.usax.ca. So there is a, a website you can go to and there's a bunch of classes you can take. Um, there's also a call line you can call if you have any questions. Um, but composting 101 is the first one and um, composting is becoming huge in gardening. People making their own soil out of their scraps and um, just just being very um, aware of, of their scraps. And March 15th is pruning. I know we talk about pruning lots on the show, but it's a two-hour course on pruning oh, right on. by the U of S. And that's March 15th. And then another one that would really 
interested me. Um, mixed um, perennials and mixed borders is another one coming up on March 22nd. And I think a lot of us have trees and shrubs in our landscape, but it's nice to fill in um, with some perennials and that helps with um, water conservation and soil erosion and all of those things as well too. So Right. And March, I was looking here, March 18th, I knew it was coming up right away, CD Sunday. Every town, every city usually has a CD Sunday. In Saskatoon, I see that the far, Saskatoon Farmers Market has a CD, CD, CD Sunday. What is a CD Sunday? Yeah, what are you talking about? That's where they, they, you'll find garden towers, seeds, people, seed exchanges, those kind of things, right? Again, uh, all kinds of heirloom seeds, um, openly, openly po- po- uh, pollinated seeds. Knowledge sharing and everything else, and that's at the Saskatoon Farmers Market on the March date? the eighteenth. March eighteenth. So it's okay. kind of a it's kind of a plant day there, but it's, it's but it's based on seeds, yep. and then that's very cool because you can you can maybe find some of those heirloom seeds you want to get a hold of. But where do you find that stuff, right? I mean, you can yep. go to a store, and there are a certain amount of those things. Yep. But there are definitely families and groups of people that have kept those heirloom seeds going yep. year after year for. And you could decades, check, right? Usually, a lot of places like you know other cities and towns have uh, a seed. CD Sunday. <laughs> and go- that's the weekend before Gardenscape. Yes. So Gardenscape is March 24th yep. to 26th. And we're so excited. It kind of kicks off spring and people can come out and smell the hyacinths and uh, the tulips are blooming. And it's just such a great place to walk around. Sounds good. Should we see how many times we can make Rick say CD Sunday today? <laughs> come on, Rick. <laughs> no. What was the what's, name of that event? What's happening on March 18th again? <laughs> CD Sunday. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we'll take a quick break right now. We're going to get back to a bunch of texts coming up as well well as a call. So stick around one 877 This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Welcome back to Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. Thanks for listening and joining us. You can always get in on the conversation with one 332 That number you can use to text and we'll get to a bunch of texts that have rolled in. Some great ones we're going to answer right away here as well as call. And uh, if, we'll, if you want to get a call in, we'll get you on the line as soon as we can. We wanted to start this segment by uh, acknowledging somebody special. Uh, kind of a difficult time for your family, the Van Dyvendykes and the extended family this week because somebody special uh, is no longer with us but had a big impact on chocolate cure. Yeah, my sister-in-law, Shelly, Shelly Gregg. Um, it's been a tough week. Um, she, um, yeah, she, amazing woman, mm-hmm. amazing mother, amazing sister-in-law. Um, to you, Jill, amazing aunt. And, um, you know, since... One of the most creative people I know, um, just very meticulous in everything she yeah. did and just so creative. And you'd always see her painting gardening pictures or painting a picture at the lake and uh, just, just finding beauty in everything. And uh, the attention to detail that she had, it was just incredible. And a fighter. Mm-hmm. You know, she had cancer starting when she was 15 years old. Oh, wow. And she's battled and fought and everything else. And um, so, you know, at 61 years old, it's too soon to go from us. But uh, since 2007, since we really got Chocolate Cure up and running, she's been the chair of the committee. About 17 ladies that, that, that ran Chocolate Cure. And without Shelly, she was, she was the quarterback, absolutely the quarterback. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, basically over um, since 2007, to about nine, 2019 when we did our last one because of, because of COVID kind of stopped things down a little bit. Uh, basically two, two, $2,656,000 was raised through Chocolate Cure to give to the, the Saskatoon Cancer Center to help men, women, and children mm-hmm. and uh, fight cancer. And, uh, and know, that's one of the things that she really wanted. She yeah. really wanted not just to raise money for a 
for cancer, just in general. She wanted to raise money to stay here in and help, Saskatoon. And help people today. And help people. Yeah. Very hands-on and currently with equipment or making sure that we upgraded something so we could keep doctors. And those things were very dear and near to her heart. And, and it was amazing her talking about when she was going to the cancer center here and having all her treatments, how she talked about every piece of equipment that she helped, she helped raise funds for, she was using, mm-hmm. you know, and it was quite, it was quite something. And uh, so, yeah, we'll, we'll miss her. Absolutely. Well, yep. my condolences, and of course, Thank everybody's you. everybody's going to to your family and yes. to the Greg family. It's been a, it's been a tough week. So yes. sorry for the sad moment here in Garden Talk, but we wanted to acknowledge somebody special yes. that uh, that very uh, special, yeah, who is no longer with us, unfortunately. Okay, we're going to move on to a couple of good good fun things here. Uh, we've got some great texts, but just on the line now has showed up uh, from Weyburn. Let's go to Weyburn and let's talk to Lynn. Good morning, Lynn. Good morning. Hi there. What's your question for us? Uh, well, years ago, there were so many native crocuses growing wild that I loved, but you can't seem to buy them in the store and you never see them in the cities. I was wishing we could buy them. Yeah, so you usually will find crocus bulbs in the fall, so make sure you go out and look for the crocus bulbs in the fall. Um, in the tulip section is where you're going to find them. Um, so you're going to find, that's where you're going to, you're going to find them. Some of them aren't quite the same as the wild crocuses that you will, you'll find out in nature, but some of, a lot of them are like a little bit of a deeper blue color, really pretty. Um, but you're going to find those in the fall and around September. And you could plant them in your little beds in front of your, in, or in, in front of your house or whatever you have, or you can actually, you know, you can plant them in a pot and put them in the fridge and have the cold, cooling just like you would a tulip, tulip, and then have them bloom inside the house for you in the spring as well. Mm-hmm. And then usually the garden centers usually have crocuses yeah, so available in the spring as well. If you are out and about right now, a lot of times you'll see the, the blooming bulbs in the greenhouses. If you see any crocus bulbs, you can actually definitely buy them up, enjoy them in your home right now, and then go out and plant them in the spring and they'll come up year to year. Well, I have bought uh, crocuses from the greenhouse but they're never the wild ones. They're always yep. quite different. Yeah, they're a little bit different. There is um, some different types of um, primrose that you can get that look a little bit more similar, but uh, but they, they, they aren't quite the same as the wild crocuses but, that you can yeah. find. But last year, you just have to go looking in the old places in a little more of the hilly kind of countries where you'll see crocuses most. I know we had a bunch of crocuses out near Blackstrap last year's growing, so it's uh, you'll you'll still find them around, and you just gotta you gotta look for them now. And uh, but they're they're out there. Good. Okay. Could I ask another question? Yes. Well, years ago, I grew a yucca for several years, and it didn't. It winter killed afterwards. Can you? Can you buy yuccas now, and are they hardy? Uh, there is only a few varieties of yuccas that are hardy. There's one called yucca glocka, glocka yep. and uh, that one's hardy. It's sometimes harder to find. I get a few of them, maybe just a handful of them in every year in the greenhouses. So usually around the Maylong weekend, you'll be you'll be peeking through the greenhouses looking for it, but yucca glocka is the name of the variety that's hardy here. Okay, yucca glocka. Yep. Okay. Well, thank you. You're Enjoy your program. Uh, thanks very much, Have Lynn. a great day. Have a great day. Thank you. All right, bye-bye. 1-877-332-8255. That's a big mouthful. Yucca glaka. Yep. <laughs> what was the name of that? What's happening on the 18th? Yeah. <laughs> CD, CD Sunday. Sunday. There you go. Okay. <laughs> Talking about, okay, laughing about me. I, I, a good thing happened today. Good thing happened today. Today, woke up this morning and, and uh, the dog was out, let the dog outside and then sort of sat back down again and all of a sudden hear the, hear the dog barking like crazy outside. 
and figure out what's going on. And I go look outside, and here's here I look outside, and across the lake there's like about I don't know twenty five thirty deer running across the lake. Mm-hmm. But then all of a sudden I look, and there's Max sitting down. You know how your dogs sit up in in the downward dog position. You know, yeah, bum in the air, you, kind you know, of thing. bum in the air, and she's face forward to another doe out there, and these two are playing. <laughs> They're chasing each other around the yard. <laughs> Max is doing circles around. He, he didn't just watch this. He videoed it I and videoed sent it, it to everybody. <laughs> this, and they they were just playing. They're they're Max would run circles around, and the doe would chase her around, and Max doe would sit there pouncing his foot, and they look at each other. They'd be standing like ten feet away from each other. I think just, the doe's tail was wagging <laughs> just as hard as Max's. Max's tail was wagging too. <laughs> I, so Max's Max is a. a, a, a uh, Aussie doodle, so Australian shepherd part uh, standard poodle, and uh, yeah. So there, there goes your hopes of having the dog chase away the deer if it just wants to play with them. <laughs> well, usually they do, but this deer wanted to play this back. Deer wanted to play. I guess so. Uh, let's go to the, our text line one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. How do I propagate willow shrubs that the deer, speaking yep. of which, have foraged? This is a text we got this morning. Well, actually, good, good time to do that right now uh, in the month of March is go out there with whether it be willows or poplars uh, about pencil size thickness branches uh probably about you know six inches long mm-hmm. uh, cut, cut them and uh basically take some elastic bands and put them in bundles and put them in the fridge and in the spring you can go and plant them right into the ground oh really that is- yeah. do you need to use any rooting hormone when you, you plant them if you want it helps if you put a stem root uh, rooting hormone number three Okay, it's okay. for hardwoods. For hardwood. And you can stick that in there and stick them in the ground and they, they will root. It's no Would I be able to stick them in some water, first of all, and get them to root that way? If you want, you can do that as well. And then if you do it that way, then you have to you know, get them growing and then you can't plant them out because they're going to grow little leaves as well and you can't plant them out until the risk of frost is gone. There, okay, right? so if I don't have the roots going, I can stick them in when the ground's a little yeah. bit more yeah. frozen. And some people do that. They get a bunch of sticks and they stick them in a pail of water and then let them get roots and then plant them out. Okay. The roots are very fine, so you have to be... You have to be gentle, you know, mm-hmm. especially when you pull them apart, if you have a bundle of them, you know, and that you don't rip the roots apart. But uh, but otherwise, you PFRA used to send them out just as sticks. You kind right? of look a bit like a crazy person, though, when you're just putting sticks in the bare ground. sticks in the ground. But it, there's <laughs> only two plants that'll do that well, it is things like uh, uh, Poplar. poplars. Yeah. Uh, poplars, uh, willows, and uh, some of the 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 uh, the Preston lilacs will do that as well. Now, a lot of plants when I'm taking cuttings, I want to watch where the nodes are, which were where the the leaves come out of yeah. the branches. Am I wanting nodes on these, or want, I'm cutting no, right below want, a node? You're going to grow six inches, so you're going to have a bunch of nodes on them usually, okay. and then you make sure the nodes are facing up as well. Okay. We are going to talk about hot peppers, uh, flies in soil, uh, for house plants, a couple house plant questions, celery, can you plant that from the store? We're going to answer that question. How to kill lily beetles and even a few more after that. So lots is coming up. We're going to get to all these texts as soon as we get back from the break. But right now it's time for a news update. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick Van Dyvendyke. This is Garden Talk on 650 CKOM and 980 CJME. It's texting time on Garden Talk. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick Van Dyvendyke. Thanks for joining us today. Hope you're enjoying your Sunday. Blue skies where we are feels pretty good. Uh, this is from Les and Corning, one of our regulars. Okay, so we'll start with this. My seeds for my hot peppers didn't grow, so I got new ones, he says. California creepers, which are pretty hot. Yeah, hot, hot reapers. reapers. Yeah, he, yeah reapers. reapers. Yeah. Reapers. Planted again on the 2nd of March. They are on he- a heat mat at- in a starter tray. Is it going to be too late to produce the peppers? The package didn't give me any growing time. Uh, the hot peppers you like to do, I like, it's best to do them in February, like beginning of February. 
but you'll be okay yet. I mean, there's still you'll still get a crop. It'll just be a little bit later in the season, but you'll get some. Absolutely. Okay. So they'll yep. still. They're, still they're ninety to hundred days on the yeah. California reapers, so he should be still fine doing them now. Okay. Perfect. Mm-hmm. So keep going, Last, I think it'll turn out all right for you. Helen Texas asking: Do white flies hibernate in soil, and would they be killed off with minus thirty degree temperatures? Where do they come from? Uh, white flies would hibernate in the soil um, and also in just little crevices or if you have debris or branches or things like that. Minus 30 will probably kill them. But not minus 30 underneath the snow, it won't. It won't. But if you, so. have, if you have a bag of, of potting soil or yes. topsoil and it's in your shed right now and it's it froze to minus 30. Cold. A lot, lot of times that will take care of a lot of things, yes. Right. Okay. You know, so that should help. Yep. But yeah. like you said, if white it's flies in, are, are hard, are hard insects to get rid of but well, if, but they're hard because they reproduce so quickly yeah. um but once you've gotten rid of them they're gone yeah. so uh that that's one of the things just really watch um do an integrated pest management program make sure you're scouting every 10 days and put some sticky traps up sticky traps up yeah. but once you see them give them this little squirt with endol and uh just be diligent and watching for that and you should be able to get rid of them but definitely that minus 20 and minus 30 you're, you're not going to have anything yeah. live in there put, put, put a <laughs> Put a pepper plant in amongst what you're checking out. Okay. Because peppers attract, they're more of an indicator plant for aphids, white flies, that kind of stuff. Okay. They'll go to that plant before they go to any other ones. So that's a good way. Instead of a sticky trap, to put a tomato, a pepper plant out there. Yeah, you'll you'll know if you got insects. Jamie sent us a text, says, good morning, love the show. Thanks to everybody who uh, gives their time for this. question she has or he has is, I just bought my first house plant. Okay, great. A peace lily and a snake plant. The, their advice when watering was to put them in the sink with water till you feel moisture reach the top of the soil. If you can weigh in on that advice, that'd be great. Uh, how do you fertilize with this method and how often? I bought the Schultz's Seven Drops plant food, the little one with the dripper, the dropper thing in there. What's your recommendation? Thanks so for your time. So first of all, those are the two best plants for a starter plant. A, a snake plant, very low maintenance, totally neglectable. Yep. You can water them maybe once a month. So with that one, make sure you, the biggest thing is you're going to, want to water it more than it needs. So stick your finger into that soil and it needs to feel dry to the touch up to your second knuckle before you're watering it. Mm-hmm. Um, you're, you were told how to bottom water it and that's just a different method of watering and that's a great method of watering so that it dries, it dries out thoroughly but then it, it waters it thoroughly from, t- from bottom to top. So it's a very good method to use. Um, just make sure that your soil again is dry before you water it. With your peace lily, I love those plants because they'll kind of talk to you. Um, they're a great starter plant because in talking to you, when their leaves start to droop, that's when it's time to water them and then they'll perk back up again. Okay. So, um, if their leaves aren't drooping, they probably don't need water yet. And make that's sure, yeah. and make sure if you're doing the, the capillary action where you stick them in water and let them soak up is that stick them onto a, a, a tray or leave them in the sink after you drain it to let them drain out again. So you don't want to put them in a tray where they're sitting in water for a long period of time. Yeah. Now, okay? that's the, the sort of second part of the question was, she's got the, got the fertilizer, or he, sorry, yep. I'm not sure if it's a, who it is, but Jamie's got the fertilizer. And how do you water it using that? You know, yeah. if, we're, if you're going from the bottom up, do you mix the fertilizer in? Mix the, the fertilizer in your water. In the water? Yeah. And then, then set it into and the water. set it in that water, and then it will soak up. The Schultz plant food is great for house plants because it just drops every time you water. Um, it's a very mild dilution. There's only one little caveat to all that. Okay. If if the soil is bone, 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 bone dry, water first. From the top. And, and then the next time you're going to water, do the water with a fertilizer so the soil is not too dry. Never reuse fertilizer on roots 
that the soil is r- just totally really dry because you'll burn the roots. Mm, yeah. okay. So just give it a little bit of moisture first yep. and then, then add the fertilizer, add the fertilizer afterwards. Fertilizer. Okay. Now, fertilizer is an, one of the things I wanted to talk about a little bit today, so I'm just going to add a little tidbit in. Now is the time you want to start fertilizing your house plants. Yep. So um, you want to, if you're fertilizing with just regular fertilizer, do half strength for a little bit and then start fertilizing about every two weeks. And if you're using the Schultz plant food, you can do that every watering now. Okay. Perfect. Let's go to our phone lines. one 877 Out to Lorburn right now to talk to Penny. Hi there, Penny. Hi, how are you? Good, how are you? Good. Um, got a question for you. Um, I started my tomato plants in my little mini greenhouse a couple weeks ago. And they're about an inch tall. And they're under the dome. And they're, they're at the top of the dome now. And so I always have trouble with doing the transition stage from taking the dome off and and so they don't get all wilty and yeah so absolutely so as one of the things that you'll want to do is it it is a little bit late for this but as soon as you see them coming out of the soil next time about about 85 90 percent germination you want to take that dome off right away so don't wait for them to get right to the top of the dome take that dome off right away and it's going to eliminate that stretching for you that high humidity and heat is just going to cause them to bolt as soon as uh as soon as they come out so if you take that off sooner they're not going to stretch as much Okay. okay. I've been doing that wrong for a few years now. <laughs> and then if you want to add a little fan in that area, you want to mimic their outdoor surroundings. So adding a little fan, you don't need to put it on a high power or anything like that, but just keeps air movement going, and that will make them a little bit sturdier for you too. Yeah, I've got a fan in there now. And so Yeah, so maybe I'll try that. Will that work for my peppers and stuff too? Absolutely. Like- Everything. Everything. You want to make sure you take that dome off as soon as you see about 80% germination. Oh, okay. Well, thank you so much. No problem. All right. Thanks, Betty. Take care. Bye. 1-877-332-8255. Looks like we've got one more call. It's just popped up right now. So let's go straight over there. And this is a hot pepper question as well. So out to Choiceland right now to talk to Tom. Hi, Tom. Hi there. Yeah, I grow them Hungarian hots or whatever. eh? Hungarian peppers? Mm Yeah. So when's a good time to start them now, too? Right away. Yep. Absolutely. Right away. Okay. Get them started. Because I think there's, again, you're looking at about 100 days, I think, on those. So uh, now is the time to get them started. And uh, another question I know I asked you before about it was about uh, praying mantis, right? Yep. And um, you, and I know you said that um, if you use them, you can't spray nothing, right? Well, because you've got beneficial insects, you don't want to kill your beneficial insects as well, right? So that's right. Yep. So and then the thing you said too. So then um, you were telling me because I'm like two and a half hours out of Saskatoon that. Yep. Um, like to um, pre-order them or something? That's correct. And when's a good time to do that? You can do that any time now. Yes, because yep. I like them. Then. I want to try that because you said you can keep them over winter too. Yep. Right? Yeah, just have to bring some indoors. They won't survive outdoors. They're, they'll be finished. If they're, they're, they're tricky to find. We were looking for our yeah, praying mantis. You, you had praying mantis. Yeah. Your, kids, your kids are our are gurus on trying to find insects. Too. Yeah, they couldn't find them in the fall. They were they were in, they found a couple, but to find them um, and bring them indoors, they didn't have as much success with that. But when my kids hatched them, we were actually away, and they ended up all over the kitchen, like <laughs> hundreds of praying mantis all over the kitchen. They left the jar open. <laughs> Uh, just like my friend, when you used to be able to use uh, frogs for fishing, we went and caught a bunch of frogs, and 
and we put him in a little box and he took him home <laughs> and put him in the trailer there and him and I went up to the local saloon to have a beer and his mom phones out. <laughs> there's frogs everywhere. Speaking out and there's frogs jumping. <laughs> <laughs> great, um, great story, Tom. Thanks a lot for that. Oh, a good one. I don't know if I heard it on your uh, show or what. <laughs> Watching and how to get rid of ant piles, eh? You want to know how to get rid of ant piles? No, no, this is what I heard. I don't oh. know if it was on your show or not. And they said what he did is they got free roaming chickens, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. So he took chicken feed and he he dumped chicken feed on top of the ant pile and the chickens ate all them ants right up, dug right into that pile and <laughs> ate them all up. Perfect. Perfect. Makes, makes sense. Everyone needs a chicken. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Thanks thanks for the call today, Tom. Okay, thank you. Take, Take care. I, I like your show. Love you. Good. Thanks Have very much. Bye. You too. Bye bye. All right, one eight seven seven three three two eight two five five. Good story about the frogs there. That's funny. <laughs> Actually, it's just as funny that you have praying mantis all over your house. I did. I was saw them, and then I said, "I'm going to the gym. Mom will be back in an hour. They better all be gone. They're better gonna be gone, or you're gonna be gone. <laughs> yeah, one of those. <laughs> and the kids caught them they all. They did. Too. They oh, got them all. They, they were tiny. <laughs> Mom was serious that time. <laughs> all right, we're gonna talk about house plants a bit more. Uh, planting celery. Can you use the stuff from the store? We'll get to that answer in a bit here, too. Uh, we'll back with more just after this. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. This is Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Okay, last segment. Here we go. we got lots of text to get to, so we're going to go through that. I'm Jay with Jill and Rick. Thanks for listening to Gordon Garden Talk. Uh, this is from, who should it, who is it? Oh, George in Saskatoon. There we go. Our 12-year-old healthy Sansevieria plant has several tall leaves bending over. Should we just leave them as it is or try to stake them up? Sansevieria, Jill, what is that actually? Sansevieria is snake plant okay. or mother-in-law's tongue. There we go. One so of the, your favorite plants. Yeah, today. it's it's easy. It is one of my favorites, and it's pretty popular in decorating right now. So I, I too, have one that's getting really tall, and, and some of the big, tall leaves are starting to bend over a little bit. Yeah, most likely what's happening is it needs to be transplanted into a larger pot, and it needs more root space. So those roots have gone, taken up all of its space growing outwards, and you need to give them more um, horizontal. And that's going to help hold the thing up? Yeah, it will give it more strength and sturdiness. Also, as they get taller, um, they're getting weaker. They're probably not getting as much light. Um, in nature, sensibarias are actually grown in a full sun location um so we we do put them in a low light they can tolerate low light but they prefer high light does that make sense they'll tolerate darkness actually they'll they'll tolerate anything but what we're actually doing is we're slowly killing them (laughs) and some people do it too they're using these they're cocoa fiber steaks right yeah so they're more natural looking and they put a stake beside them, and then they'll put a, a little tie around them. But a lot of times, if you're seeing the weakness, either it needs to be transplanted, it's too much water or too lit or needs water, or the other thing is it's not getting enough light. And, there, and you can you can trim them, right? Like if there is one that's gone bad, or it's like it's broken, or it's it's really too long falling down, you can cut it cut that one off. Absolutely, you can cut that one off. You can cut it off at the base. You can even stick them in water, and they'll root for you. There you go. Uh, this is from Monica in Saskatoon. Can you plant celery from the store? If it's bought in a clump, if it's put in water. Yeah, I'd probably buy an organic celery. Um, just make sure there's no chemicals and such on on it. Um, a lot of things, the preservatives are used on um, on things in the grocery store. Um, so I would do that. And then you cut it a couple inches above where the root 
the root base would be and then set it in a tray of water and it will start rooting and growing that way. But if you want, like, you know, the best advice, actually, there's lots of YouTube videos for that too, right? Gro- so growing many, celery, right? so many you can, but you but, can also buy celery seed and celery seed is one of the ones that you want to start seeding indoors right now, yeah. or you can buy it as a transplant later on in the yeah. season. You need to start in February, you know, so if you're going to start celery by seed, you need to start right away. Ma- uh, Maureen uh, in Saskatoon texted us, good morning, can you talk about how to kill off lily beetles? Lily beetles, it's it's one of those scouting things again. So you want to be scouting early on in the season, especially when they're starting, the lilies are starting to get into bud. Yep. And you'll be looking for little red and black um, bugs on the stem and on the on the on the buds, especially. And the best time to go out is just sort of in the early morning or in the evening and go out and pick them. Actually, I have a little story. Oh, you about do. This. Okay. So you can pick those little egg masses off. Yeah, they're orange egg masses. But I heard a story yesterday. There was a, a member of the of the Lily Society that was in the garden center. Okay. And I knew she was. And I just says, you know what? Have they come up anything anything new on the horizon coming up? Oh, I love this. And she said, yes, there's something coming. It's going to be a little while yet, but mm. because they they they're not naturally from here. Okay, these lily beetles. So she said where they're from, and I can't remember that now. Anyways, they. Um, they came into the eastern part of the country and then they moved across probably by, you know, people shipping bulbs and that kind of stuff. Right. And, uh, so now they said there's actually where they, where they originated from, they're bringing in a, a basic, a predatory wasp, which is a tiny, little teeny tiny, tiny wasp. And it actually goes after, and there's about four different varieties of those wasps that go after the lily beetle. And that's all they go after. And really? so they're they're doing experiments right now on bringing them in through Agriculture Canada and everything else and doing tests on it. So hopefully in a few years we'll be able to import these 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 little wasps that just go after the lily beetles, and uh, they're very tiny. What they do is they lay their eggs in the in the larva, and then they eat the eat the larva out. Wow. And they originate from Europe and Asia. Actually, yeah, very cool. Uh, let's go to the ph- phone lines. We've actually got a call. We've got three minutes left in our show, so we'll have to make it kind of quick. But let's go to Kindersley right now and talk to Tyler. Hi, Tyler. Good morning. How are you guys? Good. What's your question for us? Um, well, a few years back, I got an abundance of cocoa fiber from a local greenhouse that they were done with. Okay. And I filled my garden bed with it. Mm-hmm. Um, essentially, what I'm finding is the plants kind of stay stagnant until they get an abundance of food. Like, and I've just been using Miracle Grow. I don't know if you guys have any suggestions on what else I could add. Well, yeah. the cocoa core is gonna it's gonna retain a lot of moisture. So that's probably one thing that you're gonna find is that you're gonna have a lot of moisture in that bed um, with the cocoa core. So your, your practices of how you're watering everything else is gonna change. Okay. 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 So you have to, you know, there again, sticking your finger in the soil and learning your new uh, new environment that's in the in the grounds. You're not going to water the same as you would before. That's very important. Yeah, well, and okay. then with depending on how much you're watering, will also change how much you're fertilizing. So if something is staying quite moist all the time, you might not be fertilizing as often as you would if something if you're watering constantly over and over no. and over again. Adding in things okay. like in adding in things like uh, the uh, biocharcoal and and those kind of things, uh, big makes more condos for the bacterias. What happens while you're having a stagnant time for is because when you add organics, it takes a little while for nutrients and that to, to start that process going. So the, so what happens is then once that process starts going, then it's going to start feeding your plants. But it takes a little while. So you want to do biochar and you want to do some other organic type of fertilizers, which have all those microbes in it, you know, that, that and microorganisms in it even. 
that will right. help that process quicker. That's what quicker. I was kind of happening. I just wasn't sure yep. what to add, essentially, because, yeah, I, I figured it was fairly neutral what I do have going on. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you'll, you'll watch. Now, this year, you'll see even more things happening now that you've added in, and now your little, your little mini cultures happening in your garden, and you're going to have a healthier soil. Okay, awesome. Okay. Well, thank you guys so very much. Have fun. Thanks, Tyler. Take care. Yeah. Cheers, man. 1-877-332-8255. I say that, but we're pretty much at the end of the show here. So if we didn't get your text answered, there's a few here, three or four. We're going to text you back right away here off the air. But, uh, yeah, thanks for joining us today. It's uh, it's Spring is hopefully around the corner. It's March. Gardenscape is happening yes. when? Uh, March 24th to 26th, come see us. Uh, we'll be doing some pruning seminars, container gardening, edibles. There's going to be so much fun stuff happening. And, March 24th to 26th. And healthy soil in the garden, too, one of the seminars as well. Mm, yeah, okay. So there is something to look forward to. There is some green on the horizon, which is which is good to see. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening. Like I said, we'll text you back if we didn't get your text on the air. We'll catch you next time, same time, same place next weekend, here on Garden Talk on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.